Can you count on any Tampa running back this week? Is it time to give up on Corey Davis for this season? And what do you do with Kareem Hunt in the championship round? Plus, Janet Thomas-Dodds, the second-place team owner in the Football Guys Players Championship, joins us to why to discuss why she likes Matthew Stafford over Carson Wentz in Week 14, what she's expecting to see from Josh Gordon the rest of the way, and much more. And the third-place team owner in the FFPC main event, Tom Wentzel, also drops in to break down the construction of his running back-heavy squad, whether Martavis Bryant makes for a good start this week, and more. We've got a great show for you. Dave Gerzak is here. I'm Eric Balkman. Stick around. Your FFPC Championship Round Week 1 episode of the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour starts What more can I? I say we top billing it, valiant without billing it, viciously found victory. Burn towns and villages, burning, looting and pillaging. Murderers try to hurt us, we curse them and all that killing. I just want the bread and bologna bundles to tuck away. I don't work for free, I am barely giving up away. Hotel begging Johnny and mommy to get the away. Yo, here's a gun, son, now run, get it to gut away. Another day. Broadcast live and heard around the world. You are now listening to the most entertaining hour of radio on the planet. It's the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour presented by MyFFPC.com with your hosts, Eric Balkman and Dave Gerzak. The High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour is your home for football analysis from the best fantasy players in the world. And now, because no one else was available, here are Eric Balkman and Dave Gerzak. Thank you, Rob, and greetings and salutations, all you bulkaholics and and addicts. Welcome to the latest episode of the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour presented by MyFFPC.com. I'm your slightly above-average host, Eric Balkman, and my co-host is indeed the patron saint of fantasy football. He is the Dizzle, Dave Gerzak. Coming up on tonight's show, will Amari Cooper be a smart roll of the dice? What we think you should do with Kareem Hunt and much more. Shout out to the chat room right now. Feel free to post any questions you might have in there. However, if you want to connect with us on Twitter, you can do so at HSFFHour, at Eric Balkman, or at David Gerzak this evening. You can post on our Facebook page at facebook.com slash HSFFHour as well. Uh, if you want to chime in and talk with us, give us a call, 347-426-3682. That's 347-GAME-OVA. Uh, you can also uh, email the show at the inbox at highstakesfantasyfootball at gmail.com. If you have any questions for us, now is the time to get them to us. Uh, our producer, mutual friend Rob, and our audio engineer Bryce will get to all the chat room questions, tweets, and emails How's in the fantasy doing, the feedback segment later on in the show. That is my co-host, the Dizzle Dave Gerzak. I was Dave, just asking about Rob. I was just it, thinking, Rob, how are you doing? Yeah, Rob, he's nodding his head. He's right. loving life. Right. It's Christmas season. We had a lovely, uh, lovely... Um, Winter snowfall here um, today, really, in, in northeast Wisconsin. Just like a little, a half an inch little bit of a little bit of a dusting, but it still counts. Did you break out the shovel, Dave? I did not. We, <laughs> I we can imagine. We just drive over it for about an inch or so, inch and a half. You always get those uh, the kids that want to shovel your driveway, and you get like a quarter inch of snow. We don't get those kids around here. Well, every so often we do. Good. Um, I live in a slightly more affluent neighborhood than you yeah. do, Dave. So well, I mean, I have to chip in with the other 19 people in my apartment right. building. Well, that's that's that. See, you don't have to worry about shoveling <laughs> at all. Um, so. Uh, you know, and, and then when it comes to be like when it's like two feet of snow, yeah. they're nowhere to be seen. And then so these young entrepreneurs, Balky, are trying to just earn a few extra bucks, and you kick, you literally kick them to the curb. Yeah, I well, I mean, listen, you I wish I wish they would kick my snow to the curb, and I had two feet in the yeah, in, my, you in the driveway. Five bucks, ten bucks. What do you want? Twenty bucks? 
Uh, well, it depends. Um, usually, uh, it's uh, to, to shovel the whole driveway. Um, and I don't have a big driveway. It's uh, 10 bucks, and then I got like a little um, walk. Well, I mean, if there's a ton of snow, the price goes up. Believe me, it's a sliding scale. Why don't you have here? Book them for the season at like 12 bucks or whatever and say every snowfall, no matter what. Right. Well, that's not really the way that uh, I can't. They're not reliable. These are 10-year-old <laughs> kids. and I. Right up the contract and get it done, Bulky. You know what we did get done this week was the Rotoviz High Stakes Lowdown. It uh, was broadcast, <laughs> rotoviz.com slash podcast. Check it out right now. Two, count them, two former FFPC main event champs. Tim Deneau, one half of Team TNT with uh, his co-owner, Tim Bolu. Tim Deneau was on the, uh, the show, talked about what it was like uh, in that uh, nail-biting 2011 uh, final. Dave, if you remember that um, night, we, you and I were watching the game, and you were actually, I believe, texting or calling with uh, Tim. That was the night. It was Colston versus Matt Bryant. I don't know if we were texting, but I maybe called, you were calling. I think I called him after he won. Yeah, because or it was crazy because Colston got well. He tells the whole story on there, but it was right. a lot of missed heartbeats That's during, like, during that are, night. I love hearing those stories, actually. Yeah, it was pretty crazy. Um, so he talked about that. He talked about um, what you need to do as far as lineup setting for the championship round if you've never done, a, uh, never done it before. And then Nelson Sousa, we talked about the resurgence of uh, Alex Smith. Uh, Alex Collins as well. Uh, plenty of uh, meaty goodness on that show. Rotoviz.com slash podcast. Check it out. Um, we, uh, we do have uh, two guests tonight, Dave. We have uh, Janet Thomas Dodds, the uh, second place team in the Football Guys Players Championship. Very and we great. also have the third place team in the FFPC main event, Tom Wenzel. He is going to be calling in as well. So very exciting uh, to, to have both of them on tonight. And without further ado. Actually, before you do any more. Okay, so a little bit more of a do. Um, can you, uh, is the chat room working for you? I, I can't get it open. I'm trying to, you know, I, want, I like to hear myself type. Yes. If that uh, makes any sense. Uh, you, you posted a congratulations to yes, Mitt Montana. I, know, I, got, I booted myself out. And I, I'll, you know what? I'll, I'll figure it out. You, still, just inter- you just get the guests okay, in here. All right. I'll figure out how to make myself you know, sound good via chatting. That sounds great. We want to bring in t- tonight's first guest. She is a grandmother who resides in the Dallas area. She is also the setter for the Texas Women's Senior Olympic Volleyball Team and also played women's semi-pro fast-pitch softball. That's awesome. She is married to a wonderful man that totally understands and supports her love and participation in FFPC fantasy football. She currently sits over more than 7,000 other teams in second place of the 2017 Football Guys Players Championship. She is here to tell us about it. Please welcome into the show Janet Thomas-Dodds. Jan, thanks so much for coming on tonight. Well, thank you so much for having me. It's, It's an honor. Well, I'm, I'm glad you're honored. And, and listen, we're, we're honored to have you on the show. And I want to apologize for last week, the technical difficulties. We're just thrilled to have you on this week. That and was pick Rob's your brain. Fault. Yeah, it was totally Rob's fault. But we get you on this week. We're very, very <laughs> excited to talk. Well, thank you so much, you know, for, for having me. I do appreciate it. Oh, you bet. Well, let's, we want to talk fantasy football. But, and, and, and I don't know if, if you are still among the working force down in Dallas uh, or how you spend your time. But if, if you could tell us a little bit more about the being the setter on the tech, senior, uh, senior Olympic Texas volleyball team, as well as semi-pro uh, uh, fast-pitch softball, we'd love to hear about that, too. 
Okay, well, that's been a few years back, but yes, I did compete uh, and was the setter and uh, competed in the Senior Olympics. It was, you know, once again, an honor for me to be able to do that. I played volleyball and coached it and refereed it, actually, for about 35 years, so very, very involved there. And uh, then I played women's uh, semi-pro fast pitch for a team that represented uh, out of Kansas City. So I got to do a couple of fun things in my life, and I didn't start even playing sports till after I was married and a mother. So uh, back in my that? day, they didn't really have women's sports, so it, that was kind of kind of um, kind of a fun thing. Yeah, thank God for Title IX. Uh, listen, well, you know, Balky didn't play sports in high school. He, he tried out. He was on the teams, but he never played. I was, yeah, that's that's actually true. I was on the teams. Eric, never, you on the team? Never saw the field. Bring I was, the water to the starter. I, I poured a heck of a great glass of water for those other for my teammates. I'll tell you that. And Jan, I'll tell you this: you're also joining the ranks tonight. The first grandmother we've ever had on this show in six plus years of doing it. That's pretty impressive, actually. So, hey, tell us actually, oh when did you start playing fantasy? Tell us when you started playing. I- I actually started playing fantasy football about 2012. Okay, and um, you know, I I was I was in another league, and I just wasn't happy with the way some things were going in that. So I just started searching, you know, and uh, went out on the internet actually, and uh, was looking for a league that had the format and. Also, um, what can I say, the reliability uh, that's been around and looks like they do things right. And uh, that's how I found you and got in the FFPC, and I've been happy ever since. That's excellent to hear. Fantastic. Uh, I'm going to write that testimonial, though. Listen, you know what always makes me happy? Being in second place of the Football Guys Players Championship, that's awesome. So congrats on doing that, uh, getting up that high already, Jan. I've I got to ask you, when, when you look back, this, your team is named uh, Tiger 21, this uh, team that's in second place. When you look back on this draft or when you, you sort of thought about it, you know, right after you had drafted the team or, or maybe when you reflected upon it uh, leading up to the season, what did you remember thinking about the squad at the time, like while you were drafting it right after? I mean, did you ever think that this team could be this good? Well, you know, I, I uh, drew the uh, third position in the draft, and obviously, you know, David Johnson and Le'Veon Bell were first picks, and so I, I went with Antonio Brown, and um, I was concerned when it was over a little bit about my running backs, you know, I thought, Eve, you know, but I was very, very happy with the receivers and very happy with the, with the tight end. I was able to get Travis Kelsey, and so we know that's been a good pick, and then I had DeAndre Hopkins, and he's, he's had some very, very good games for me. Yeah, it's a, it definitely helps out when you get all those monsters in there. It's, it's the, it's the thing of it is, is like you never know how high some of the ceilings of these studs are going to be. We knew what Kelsey was capable of. I don't know if we thought that he was going to be this consistent this year. We knew what Hopkins was going to be capable of. I don't know if we expected this many awesome, se- or awesome games this year with, with Tom Savage. And we didn't, we, nobody saw what Deshaun Watson did. Nobody saw that coming, Dave. So I think like you look at these, these, uh, these teams uh, or these players on this team, a lot of high ceilings out there. So, right, I have a question for you. This is really interesting. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Go ahead, Go ahead. I was just going to say I was actually able to get Deshaun Watson, you know, through the waiver. But, you know, we all know what happened there. And uh, 
Um, you know, I was a little bit concerned then about DeAndre Hopkins' numbers, but, you know, he's, he's held it steady, and Tom Savage has done, you know, a pretty pretty good job for me. So I'm, I'm you know, very, very happy. And at the beginning I thought, well, you know, uh, running back could be a little bit of an issue, but I, I think I have some strength. And the thing that I try to go for, too, is I try to get depth. You know, if I can get right. consistency then and depth, then I feel like, well, at least I can compete. And competing you are, for sure. Let's talk about the uh, the lineup this week, Dave. Yeah, let's uh, – I have a quarterback question for you. You currently have Matthew Stafford, who's questionable. <laughs> and um, the quote, you know, Caldwell, this great coach, uh, we, says we'll see if Stafford plays <laughs> – When did Tampa. he say that? When was that quote? Was that from today? Uh, yes, today oh, at my 10.48 gosh. a.m. Okay. Um, he's progressing well. He's going to play, of course, but – uh, you're, you're considering starting him over Carson Wentz at the Rams. We know that Rams have a really good defense, but Carson Wentz, he's been crushing it this year. Do you, you think you're going to keep it that way or are you going to change it up? Well, it's uh, funny that you would ask that because, yes, I initially had done that, but later um, this afternoon I did actually switch and put Wentz in. But, but you know, hey, I'm a woman and I – reserve that right to change my mind up to the last minute. You know, my, my, my you said that. We never said that. Up, up at, well, but I, I did up until kickoff. You know, um, I recently made the switch because I was worried about Stafford's injury. Now, I have been following his practices, you know, and what, yes, the coach said, and we'll see, and yada, yada. But, you know, Stafford's so tough. I mean, he's one of the toughest players, really, in, in the yeah. NFL. And, you know, if anybody can do it, Matt Stafford can. The thing that I like about Stafford is – I really think that he has an opportunity for a huge game if he can play. But, you know, can he play? And if he gets hit and taken down and that hand goes first quarter, that's kind of scary. Um, Where I know Wentz is going against the tough Rams uh, defense, and I kind of feel like, you know, the Philly Rams game is probably going to be a lower-scoring defensive battle. And I'm not saying it's going to be 7-3. to That's not what I'm saying. But versus, you know, going against Matthew Stafford, the Detroit game. But, um, you know, the the, the Tampa Bay-Detroit game has a better chance to be a shootout where, um, you know, the Philly – the Philly Rams game could be a little bit lower scoring and the opportunities for Wentz. I'm, I'm not sure, you know, with the Rams defense. So it's a tough call and I'll probably make that final decision just before kickoff. You know, as I see so actually, how Stafford is, it, goes. Sure. And it's interesting when you, you kind of, Blew off Coach Jim Caldwell's comments. So, I, so I, I, I as, as many fantasy owners have done many, over the years. But I mean, this is I, this is interesting to me. So as a, you know, kind of as a grandmother, you know, woman, you've been dealing with men your whole life. So are you, are you just kind of used to men kind of talking out their ass all the time? <laughs> so is that just how you you know you, you're just like, well, this guy's full of crap, right? Is that right? <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, I just you know, I don't mean to sound the wrong way, but. You know, and I have utmost respect for, like, Bill Belichick. I mean, I, I think he's a great coach. But I'll believe it when I see it type thing. You know, I wait. Oh, really, yep. um, Tom Brady or, or Amendola is, you know, questionable, you know, and may not play this week. I hear, You hear it all year long. So if a coach says we'll see, you know, really, I mean, 
and I'll just continue to monitor his practice, see how he does. And then, but then, you know, you still have that little bit of a, I hate to say fear factor, but once again, I mean, anybody can get hurt at any time. I mean, look what happened to Kamara last night, but uh, big bummer. But anyway, it, uh, you know, if, if he falls on that hand just wrong or whatever, will he still be able to grip the football? And I am concerned about him making the long passes downfield. I'm not so concerned concerned about passes to the tight end or little short passes, but, you know, it's just something that I will continue to monitor. And like I said, I may flip-flop it back and forth, you know, till final kickoff. <laughs> yeah, you definitely have uh, time to do that. Uh, so we'll, uh, we'll be paying attention to that as well. Let's talk about uh, your draft uh, as a whole here, because you look at how you got to second place overall, Jan, a lot of home runs that you hit in this draft. We already touched on Wentz. You just talked about Kamara that you have in this league. You also had Chris Thompson. You enjoyed the spoils of his um, uh, performances throughout the season until he went down. And then you also have Robbie Anderson on this team, who's been very, yeah. very good, especially over the last month and a half. Out of those four guys, what, were you heavily targeting any of them in the draft? I mean, were you trying to get any of these guys, or do they just happen to be the best player available at the time in the draft? Um, yeah, I was uh, really wanting Kamara or Kamara. Okay, really, really, I was. I really wanted him, and I really wanted Robbie Anderson. I kind of had my eye on him early on. Um, you know, I have to admit, I was shocked and was very happy, really, that they were still available in the ninth and tenth rounds consecutively. That you know, I couldn't pass them up there. And then talking about Wentz, I I picked him up in the fourteenth round. I mean, I couldn't pass him up there. So best player available for that. And Chris Thompson, the same thing. But um, you know, basically Kamara and Robbie Anderson were my two targets. Two pretty good targets, Dave. Yes. <laughs> Kamara and, and Robbie Anderson. I'll tell you how you pronounce Kamara's name. All right. We don't need to get into the Kamara Kamara. Kamara, Kamara, Kamara. <laughs> yeah. Let's call the you whole know, thing off, like Jan. Said, <laughs> there, there you go. But in the ninth and tenth rounds, yeah. I thought, golly, I better snag them. You know, I didn't feel like I was reaching too far to get them in those rounds. So let me ask you about a great Great, 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 great player that I'm so happy he's back in the NFL. Josh Gordon put up 12 and a half points in his first game. He had, like, I think, 11 targets, four for eight. It was points. insane, yeah. It was 10 or 11. Yeah, and, and you know, did really well against a great pass defense. Uh, what, do you, what do you think of him down the stretch? Do you think he's you know, pretty much just back to normal, being a stud? I am very impressed with Josh Gordon. He is, you know, if he can keep it together here, he is such a gifted athlete. Oh, my gosh. I mean, I just am amazed at his talent. I really, and yeah, you were right. He was targeted 11 times last week. And honestly, he would have had two or three touchdowns, but Kaiser, you know, overthrew him a little bit. You know, it's going to take a little while, I think, to get that timing down. But you also have to remember last week they faced the Chargers, Chargers defense, and their secondary has improved from what it was, you know, the first few weeks of the, of the season. And this week he's going against the Packers, which we all know their secondary struggling. And uh, so, yes, I expect to see his points go up. Um, I'm going to be bold. And I could be wrong, but I would not be surprised to see him double his points this week. Yeah. You know, you look at uh, Gordon, we're going to talk about this more in the show, um, but uh, Devon House, Packers' number one corner, 
listed as doubtful. He's probably not going to go. Packers number two quarter, rookie Kevin King, who's made a lot of great plays this year, just placed on IR. Demarius Randall and Josh mm-hmm. Hawkins will be the top two corners defending Corey Coleman and Josh Gordon this weekend. Could be a long day for that Packers. Why are the Packers, Packers always hurt all the time? It's so irritating. Yeah, I know. It, it, is, it is frustrating. Uh, Jan, t- <laughs> you know, tell us uh, what, what a typical Sunday is like for you. I mean, I know that you, you're, you're following the games. Do you have all you, – you're live scoring on your phone or your computer up all the time. Is it just pretty much – you tell your husband, look, starting at noon until 10 o'clock, don't talk to me. I'm all about my games. Is that how it is for you? Or how, what's your typical <laughs> he's, Sunday? He's baking at the time. Well, you're, you're being too generous, actually. I, I tell him starting at 10 a.m. I start watching you you know, the, the shows and the latest injury reports and the actives and inactives. And if there's been any changes, you know, I start so I can adjust if I need to. But, yeah, and then after that, my Sundays are usually pretty, pretty busy. You know, I can't watch all the games, but I avidly follow them on my phone or any computer. I mean, if I'm in the car, boom, 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 I'm on the phone, you know, pulling FFPC up and seeing what my scores are. If I'm at someone's house, oh, excuse me, can I use your computer, you know, and, <laughs> and go in there. And, yes, I, I do. I do. I just, you know, I love it. And, you know, I just, uh, and I'm calculating all the time. So, yeah, and like I said, my husband's wonderful. He totally supports me, and he is uh, learning all about it, too. That's awesome. That you get a totally great. get a husband wife duo coming up here in uh, <laughs> in the football guys players championship next year with Jan and her husband. Ab- well, let me ask ab- you, absolutely, um, absolutely. Just look for John Dodds because uh, there yeah, you go. He's, he's gonna be he's gonna be an up and coming star. I love <laughs> That's it. Great, with absolutely your, love it. Coaching. Um, let me ask you a question about tight ends because we always have this tight end thing going on here in the FFPC, which makes oh you know the format's so awesome. <laughs> uh, sorry, Bucky. Um, so if you uh, if you were like, you're, we're, let's ask you to help out some of your other championship round, you know, mates, so to speak. If you own Greg Olson and you were in the championship round, would you still be willing to trot him out there after all of his injury issues and kind of a not great start to the season? He's playing the Minnesota defense versus, let's say, you know, someone like Ricky Seals Jones or like a Charles Clay type. Well, if you know, my take on that is um, I would not personally not risk playing Greg Olson this week, um, especially if I had another option. You know, that's gonna gonna weigh a lot on my decision. Who do I have? You know, that I that I could do that would be somewhat comparable. Um, but you know, and the the reason I say that I would not risk it is once again what you said. It's based on the matchup at Minnesota. You know, Minnesota's only allowed approximately 10, 10 points in PPR per game, and they're ranked 10th in allowing the fewest points to tight ends. And, you know, so that would be a huge concern to me to put Olsen out there. Tremendous athlete. I, I know that. And the foot they're saying is good and, you know, yada, yada. But given the matchup, if, if I had another viable option, I believe that I would not risk starting Greg Olson. Yeah, I actually have uh, Olsen probably in like four or five leagues, and, and I've been very fortunate that, I, I you know, when he got hurt, I stumbled on some um, pretty good tight ends. And I, I'm not playing Olsen anywhere this week. He's on my bench everywhere. 
And what maybe that'll be a different story in week 15, but for this week, I am with you, Jan. I cannot uh, trot all, uh, Olson out there. I want to get to a couple of emails here uh, for you or that came okay. in for you uh, this week, Janet. We have uh, Ron in Southfield, Michigan. He writes, what's up, Jan? Talk me off the ledge here as I am considering starting awful Dak Prescott at the Giants in the FPC championship sprint over Derek Carr on the road in Kansas City without Amari Cooper. So he's in the Football Guys Players Championship, championship round uh, with you as well. And the question is Prescott, uh, who's been struggling without Ezekiel Elliott on the road, facing a Giants defense that may have given up this season. Uh, and then his other option is Derek Carr, going into Arrowhead, facing Kansas City, going to have Michael Crabtree back off suspension. Don't know about Amari Cooper. If you were faced with that decision, Jan, which one would you be playing, Prescott or Carr? Golly, tough, tough, tough decision. Uh, it's about a 50-50. You know, going in, let's see, Oakland's playing at Kansas City and Arrowhead. Tough, tough place to play. The Chiefs have been struggling. We all know that, defensively and offensively. Kind of pulled out of it a little bit last week. But um, I think there's some issues there. But I feel like Andy Reid's addressing some of those. And the Chiefs could really come on very strong. And like I said, Arrowhead's a tough place to play in. Prescott, too, had the hand injury. But, boy, did he look a lot better, you know, last week. And I think the Cowboys are realizing that life goes on without Zeke Elliott, as great as he is. But, um, you know, they got to pick pick themselves up by the bootstraps and go forward. And I think the Cowboys started to do that. Given the matchup against the Giants, I think I would probably lean towards starting Prescott. David, if I was faced with this, I'd be playing Prescott uh, over Derek Carr. Do you have a, uh, a, a opinion on this? I do have an opinion, actually. I think that Janet's analysis, are, they're better than mine most of the time okay. on the show. So you're so gonna. I think that we should have a segment called the grandmother where she calls in yeah, like every week yeah, or whatever. Yeah, I like it. That's not like bad. Like five, ten minutes. Whatever. Yeah, see something like that. Are you I, busy Friday nights? What are you doing Friday nights? You should call in all the time. What do you think, Bulky? Well, we'll talk about it. Call me later and we'll talk about it. But seriously, right. I appreciate I like it. the we'll compliment. We'll I send you a contract on that too. Yeah. Our people okay. will talk to your people. Okay. I do have a I do have another uh, a email here from a fellow Texan, uh, Jan. This is from Dwayne in Houston, Texas. He writes, "I'm about at my wits' end with Demarco Murray, and I don't have Derrick Henry. Should I bench Murray at Arizona in favor of Alex Collins at the Steelers?" Thank you for the email, Dwayne in Houston, Texas. So he's got to make the decision: is it Demarco Murray uh, or is it Alex Collins? Which one? Uh, do you have a strong feeling here of which way you would go, Jan? Golly, once again, tough thing. Um, let's see. You know, going against the Steelers is is tougher. I mean, they really are. They can be tough. Um, you know, DeMar- DeMarco Murray has underperformed all year, you know, in my opinion. And I have him on a team, and um, I've only played him when I absolutely had to. Um, he scares me a lot. Um uh, Golly, this is a tough one, guys. I whew, I don't know. I probably would lean a little bit more towards Alex Collins. But, um, once again, I would have to look at the, the matchup that DeMarco is going against, which I have not looked because I haven't considered starting him. Yeah, that's, good. that's because you have good teams. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> that's, that's a great Pardon? point. Um because you have great teams, you don't have Demarco yeah, Murray on anymore. Demarco Murray, yeah, clogging your <laughs> roster. I've got him on one. I've got him on one, and I think he's played one game on one. all year. 
for me. Yep, <laughs> and I've only had to put him in on one game. So it like, just, uh, you know, the thing that scares me about Collins is, you know, Pittsburgh can be pretty tough from time to time. Yeah, it's it's not gonna it's gonna be a, a uh, definitely a a tough physical game uh, in that primetime matchup I mean, on you know, Sunday night. Shazier won't be. I mean, you know, you know, God bless him. I hope he gets healthy. Right. But, I mean, he won't they'll be. be they'll have. They'll, they'll be down one linebacker right. for sure. Yeah. So uh, I would actually go with Collins over Demarco yeah. Murray here, Dave. I, I, would, I would as well. Yeah. Like, okay. Collins has been strong. He's been scoring touchdowns. Been like looking crazy. very good. He had the migraines issue, but he was taken off the injury report today. So hopefully he's, he's good he to go. He looks good. He's a good football. Not player. bad. So all right, last question, final one. Here we go. Uh, uh-huh. We need a stud player that you would consider benching and a sleeper that might find his way into your lineups this week. Okay. Um, don't y'all laugh at this, okay? But, we will um, not. In fact, I have, I have. I consider him a stud the last couple of weeks, um, you know, benching Latavius Murray. Now, Latavius Murray did did great. I mean, he got me, what, 14 points last week, which is exactly yeah. what I needed out of uh, just a stick-in running back. So that that was good. And I had him in over Duke Johnson, which proved to be correct. But, um, you know, he's been hot the last couple of weeks. But once again, you know, you've got to look at the matchup. He's playing against Carolina. The Panthers' defense is a top-five defense against the run. Therefore, I am not starting him. I love okay, that. and That's my, great. what about a? Do you have a sleeper? My my sleeper? Oh yeah, uh, Blake Bortles. There actually are a couple out there this week, Bortles. but what I have is Blake Bortles. Um, you know, once again, the last couple of weeks he's put up really good numbers. Uh, the last couple of weeks he's been, you know, quarterback one. You know that that he's put up. Uh, he's also against going against Seattle's uh, secondary, which everybody knows it's all banged up. And um, he's also proved that he can run, you know, as well. And I think I was able to uh, figure out that in the last four out of the last five games, he has at least 20 rushing yards, which is great. And yeah, that's someone that I definitely, as a sleeper, that I would start. Mm-hmm. I'm actually playing uh, Blake Bortles in, in a Kentucky league this week, Dave. So I'm 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 very really? excited to hear this. Yeah, I, I that's, see that's, that. That's, I mean, it's interesting. It's a really interesting. I love that, Janet. You know, you actually gave a really good sleeper. Yeah, that's that's a really v- very one. good. Yeah, and and I hope you're right about it. Two and a half point favorites are the Jaguars with Seattle flying cross country to face them. Jan, I would fly cross country to hang out with you on a Sunday to watch games. What a treat this has been tonight, <laughs> hanging out with you, talking about fantasy football. Best of luck to you uh, the rest of the way. I certainly uh, I hope the ball bounces your way. Hopefully you can get past this Camara thing and really uh, make some serious money over the next couple of weeks. Thanks for joining the show, and we'll talk again soon. Well, thank you so much for having me on. It's been a true joy. Thanks so much. Jan Thomas Dodd, second place in the Football Guys Players Championship heading into the championship round. Day. I was, Very I awesome was, stuff. I was kind of serious about the, the, the grandmother segment. Uh, yeah, yeah we'll, 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 we'll look into it. We'll look into it. Really annoying because she's like totally prepared, Balky. You're prepared every week. I'd like to think. 
you know, I'm kind of prepared. I mean, I, I don't. Like I'm not checking. Of, I'm not she, checking your homework. She knows like a lot of stuff. Yeah, she does. It's annoying. We have our uh, next guest coming up right around the corner. Before we get to him, I do want to uh, let everybody know that it is back. The world famous FFPC Playoff Challenge is live, and you can register your teams today at myffpc.com. That's myffpc.com. Compete for a one hundred thousand dollar grand prize in a six hundred thousand dollar prize pool, paying all all the way down to five hundred fiftieth place at a cost of only $200 per team. All you need to do is pick an FFPC roster of 10 players, choosing only one player per team in the playoffs. No roster management required. We've added more than $120,000 to the prize pool this season, as well as 150 more teams being paid out. Don't delay. Sign up today for the world-famous FFPC Playoff Challenge at myffpc.com. That's myffpc.com. Let's Sorry, get to... Let me ask you... Yeah, go ahead. He's on the 55th place? Uh, no, 550th place, yeah, Dave. That's impossible because, like, the competition in the industry is, like, in the, in the 20s, 30s? Something like that. It's I don't so know. It's so embarrassing. Just focused on what we have. That's, so, it's so, if you look around, it's really embarrassing. You know what? We are, are going to look around right now. Look around to the phone line and look at this. We have our next guest right up uh, uh, on, the, on the show tonight, on the blower, as the kids say. I want to introduce him. Uh, he's been playing fantasy football for more than 30 years, has competed in high-stakes fantasy football leagues since their inception, posting a number of championships and a couple of top 10 overall finishes along the way. He greets his friends with Merry Christmas every year. Not during the holiday Trump season, mind you, but on the morning of the FFPC main event draft, despite having suffered through nearly 50 years of near-miss misery as a purple-bleeding Vikings fan, he's completely Ouch. convinced that, quote, this is their year, end quote. What better way for him to spend the Super Bowl being hosted in his own hometown than in Las Vegas, receiving a $250,000 check, and more importantly, the FFPC Helmet Trophy. Please welcome into the show Mr. Tom Wenzel. Tom, how's it going, man? I'm great, guys. Thanks a lot for having me on, and what a great intro. Whoever wrote that is brilliant. <laughs> I would agree with that. And uh, I think whoever wrote that is really flexing his muscle of his brilliance, being in third place in the FFPC main <laughs> event right now. Congrats to you, my friend. Did you ever see this coming? Did you think this was possible when you're drafting this team? Uh, you know, I I hope so. I, I usually like to, um, you know, come out of the draft looking at my team and think about, whether or not it's got a chance to go, you know, deep. I, I looked at this roster and I really thought if things fell the way I was hoping they would, that I had a shot. You know, I, I drafted uh, Ezekiel Elliott sixth overall um, after everybody knew that he was going to be playing. So I think he fell a little bit deeper than, uh, than he would in most leagues at that point. And then I kind of filled in with a lot of guys that I felt had a good mix of upside and high floors and, and so I kind of thought if everything falls into place, I got a shot and, you know, here I am. And, and I don't know if I'll get there, but at least I have a chance. I'm in the hunt. Yeah, definitely a better chance than a lot of people right now. Tom, uh, before we get into uh, some more in-depth fantasy football talk with you, uh, tell us, tell the listeners that you do for a living. Well, uh, so I'm a little bit of a thrill seeker, as, as you might guess when you hear my profession actually started out my career as an actuary. So, you know, all you people out there who have boring <laughs> jobs, uh, you know, I know you're a little bit jealous. Uh, and I kind of morphed <laughs> my career from, from becoming, uh, from the actuarial side of things into selling insurance. So if that's not exciting for you, I don't know what is. 
That is awesome. So then you so subsequently. How many proceed- energy drinks are you chugging in the morning? Just just curiously, because <laughs> this this is uh, you, I mean, Red Bull should get you for uh, for a spokesperson. So then after you sell insurance, now you're like a chief handicapper handicapper in Las Vegas, right? And you're like you're like betting games all the time and going crazy and like counting cards and taking the house for a lot of money. Uh, that's just my dream job. I'm not quite there yet. <laughs> That's the next job. Listen, 250 grand exactly, will get you the exactly. seed to do that, my friend. Exactly. <laughs> so he lives in Las Vegas and he was an actuary and sells insurance, which I guarantee means he's not at the Mirage. Right, right. Yeah. Shaking dice. Well, it's not, it's not in Vegas. Vegas is. is uh, oh, it's not in, he, he, he drafted in Vegas. Exactly. All right. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Right. All right. Yep. So asking dumb questions, I'll ask a semi smart one that someone else wrote. So you went deep at running back this year. You got Jordan Howard, Leonard Fournette, Mark Ingram. And you also had Ezekiel Elliott, like you mentioned, drafted sixth. Did you think that there was still a concern in your mind about Elliott getting uh, suspended again at some point in the season? You know, it's a fair question. Um, so when I drafted, it was September 9th. So that was the day after the news came out that Zeke was going to be playing. And if you remember at that point, they actually speculated that he may be playing the entire year. Uh, there's a decent chance of that happening. So I wasn't really all that worried about Zeke. You know, one thing, the guys who uh, know me well and have been in my leagues for many years, uh, the one thing they'll say about me is I tend to draft unconventionally at times. Um, I don't really go with the flow like uh, other people draft, and so uh, I, I kind of pride myself on that. So, um, you know, I, I knew that after six rounds I had four running backs, which most guys wouldn't, but I also knew that with the FFPC format I could start all four of them. And so it really kind of helped me just solidify that spot. I really didn't have to run, uh, worry about running back the rest of the draft, and then I could kind of fill in the rest of the spots. So the Zeke thing really didn't play too much into to my strategy. It was uh, really just kind of, you know, best player available at the point that I picked him. And if it turned out that I had four running backs, I'm pretty good job of balancing the bye week. So I never – oh, go ahead. Sorry. I'm sorry, the, the audio cut out on me. So go, you finish up, and then I'll have a question for you. No, I just the other thing I I got a little bit uh, fortunate that the bye weeks all worked out as well. So when I was um, taking all four of them, I wasn't taking guys who had, you know, doubled up on bye weeks. So I was able to start a minimum of three of them all year long. Just real quick follow up. Do you think it's kind? Of, I think it's kind of cool. This is kind of a statement, then a question that, you know, you have Elliott coming back in week 16. Are you going to throw him right in there? I mean, you'll probably be one of the few people in the championship round that will happen. Do you like that? Do you kind of like that idea of that happening? I, I sure don't dislike it. Um, I, I <laughs> believe he'll be plugged right back into the lineup. I'd be shocked if they don't put him in, um, you know, to, to finish out the season. So, yeah, that's, that's my plan right now is that he'll be back in there in the starting lineup week 16. Let's talk about uh, T.Y. Hilton here uh, with you, Tom, because uh, there's some uncertainty surrounding Andrew Luck. Dave was, you know, championing the, him, uh, Luck being, the potential of Luck being IR back uh, on the show in July. And, uh, it, and you made the investment with T.Y. Hilton. So I'm curious, did you I, I just take, take me through your thought process on, on drafting him in this league? Because he's still starting for you. He's still been a top 25 receiver. You can't really call him a bust because he has had some pretty massive games. You must have seen something in T.Y. Hilton, uh, even without the po- even with the possibility of Luck maybe not throwing him the, the ball for the entire season, in this case, literally the entire season. Yeah, no. Uh, so another, another situation where 
Um, there's a little bit of uncertainty still at that point in time. The Colts had taken him off the pup list, and, um, you know, I, I knew he was going to be out for a period of time, but was hoping he wouldn't be out for the whole season at that point, obviously. Um, but at the same time, uh, you know, wide receivers were really kind of flying off the board in our draft. Uh, there had been 19 receivers already taken by the time I took Hilton. So, so I looked at Hilton at the point I took him, which was uh, second half of the fourth round. And at the number 20 overall receiver, I just thought it was pretty good value. Um, and I, he was the second receiver I'd taken. I had taken Tyree Kill in the third round. Um, so I felt just uh, in terms of value, it, it looked like a pretty good one there. Uh, I did a retrospective on the draft um, just recently, and the next seven receivers that were taken after I took Hilton, the only one of those seven – that, uh, that would have been a better pick was Devontae Adams. He was the next receiver taken after I took Hilton. But the other six have all either been uh, disappointments or uh, uh, outright busts. So, um, so I at least feel pretty good about the fact that I've been able to use Hilton and that he hasn't been one of those guys taken in the fourth, fifth, sixth round that, that uh, you know, ultimately could sink a team. So speaking of wide receivers, we have Josh Gordon on your team. Is that correct, Bucky? Yes. All well, right. not my team, but Tom has yes, Josh Gordon. Team. Yes. Is he your, so, you know, related to, like, T.Y. Hilton, I mean, like, if you were to look at it this week, you have Josh Gordon as a flyer kind of against Green Bay's atrocious defense. Or, you know, you have T.Y. Hilton. Are, is, do you consider him kind of like a secret weapon? Are you deploying him this weekend? Are you going to wait for one more week? And then when he goes 10 for no. 180 and three touchdowns this week, are you going to be pissed off? I'll be really, really happy because he is in my lineup this week. <laughs> nice. So, I love go. it. Oh, yes. That takes guts, baby. Yeah, you know, the reality is you're not going to win this thing unless you you throw some big numbers up there. And I think Gordon's got the type of upside that, um, you know, hopefully does carry a team, hopefully my team, to the championship. Uh, you know, he, he looked good in his return last week. He got a lot of targets. Um, he has a guy throwing to him that hopefully can uh, at least get it close to him. Uh, but, uh, <laughs> you know, he's just a, an amazing talent, and I'm going to be trotting him out there hopefully uh, each of these three weeks, um, you know, I'm, I, I, my, the way my roster is constructed, I, I've got a couple of choices each week to make at the flex position. And, and I just look at Gordon's upside and, and he's, you know, he's really the guy or one of the guys that I need to, to hopefully get me across the finish line. Tom Wenzel is our guest tonight, our uh, second guest here on the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour, third place in the FFPC main event. And Tom, you play against a, a former guest of the show, uh, I believe might have been a guest co-host of the show. He's also been on the High Stakes Lowdown, Bob Do Riley. Remember? Uh, well, I couldn't remember. I know he's been on the show. I can't remember if he co-hosted <laughs> with me or not. Uh, another. Well, F- I missed about half the shows. So. Oh well, that's you are 50, being. 50. Yeah, it's, I don't know if it's quite fifty percent. Uh, another FFPC player, Sanji's Wadwa, among others, you play against. Uh, you've also co-owned very successful teams with Bob, uh, high uh, high stakes teams before too. What kind of advantage do you think that you get when you're competing against these guys in your private high stakes league that maybe some other players don't get? Well, really, there's no advantage. Those guys are all idiots. Um, no, uh, actually, <laughs> they're not. But I had to say that only because I know they're going to listen to this at some point. So, uh, no, they're all sweating uh, you. <laughs> they are sweating me. Although they, they, uh, I think, have a few teams that are still active in this thing. So, uh, so they're probably rooting for their own teams as well. Uh, no, they're they're great uh, fantasy football players, fantasy football minds, uh, and great friends as well. 
Um, we all go to Vegas every year to do the draft, and and it it really is, um, you know, a, a, an advantage to be able to prep with those guys. Uh, you know, we we also compete in leagues together, and uh, they're always before, of course, the FFPC draft. So we don't mind sharing our secrets after we've already done our own drafts against each other. Uh, and it's, it is great advanced prep. We bounce strategies off each other. We don't always agree on players, but it's good to get each other's insights. And, and sometimes, uh, you know, it will help me tip the scales in terms of who, uh, who I might take if I'm looking at, at one guy versus another. So it's, it's great to have those guys. And uh, yeah. And, and if I don't win it, I hope one of them does. Such good friends. <laughs> I would never root for you, Dave. No, I'm just kidding. I would. I would. Yeah. The best of friends usually hate each other. Right. Yeah. In some parts. Hashtag frenemies. <laughs> so what's your opinion? Speaking of frenemies, uh, Martavis Bryant and Juju Schuster. Uh, one I don't of, know where that, what the hell that's supposed to mean. Uh, you know, Bryant has been talking some smack with Juju a, few oh, weeks, right. a number of weeks ago. But, they know, made up. They kissed and made up. the more classy person who is now suspended this week. <laughs> for uh, Juju Schuster <laughs> will not be playing. And the much more maligned and previously suspended Martavis Bryant, right. who Balky currently owns in a dynasty league. Yeah, one dynasty league, yet I'm castigated <laughs> for it over and over again. Anyway, the, there might be a question here. What do you think about Bryant this week? Well, you know, it's funny because coming into the season, I was uh, probably in a, in a pretty small minority on Bryant, and I, I didn't like him at all. I didn't draft him on any of my teams. Uh, and, and it's You were in that same minority. <laughs> well, and, and the guys that you just mentioned, Bob Riley and, and Al and Sanj and, and some of the other guys were all, you know, pretty high on them. I think they may have taken them on their teams. And so that was one of those situations where we just agreed to, to uh, disagree. But, uh, but, you know, you don't have to go back very far to find the last time they were playing without Juju. Uh, that was a couple of weeks ago, I think, against the Packers. And in that game, Bryant really didn't – he had a touchdown, but – it wasn't like he was dominating uh, the touches. I think he had four or five catches, uh, not a lot of yards. So, uh, you know, if I had Bryant, you know, and I didn't have a lot of other great options, I'd probably throw him out there this week. But I wouldn't be overly excited about him. Uh, you know, I could yeah. very well be wrong. He might go blow up, but but I'm not super excited. Yeah, in that game that you're talking about, it was weird because I that that was one of the. It seems like the Steelers have said probably on four or five different occasions this year, we're really going to work to get Martavis Bryant involved this week. And it never seemed to happen. Um, but that game, I mean, the opportunity is there. No Smith-Schuster, and they really didn't use him. They leaned heavily on Brown and Bell, and there wasn't a whole lot uh, for Bryant that week. And I expect that to be the same uh, again this week. 22 targets for Brown this week. Yeah, in the, fir- in the first half. You know, that's one of your little <laughs> exaggerations. I, you know, 20 targets is possible for that guy. Uh, let's keep it on the wide receiver tip here, uh, Tom, and, and talk a little bit about Robbie Anderson, who's really been crushing it for owners. He's basically been a must-start for the last month and a half at a minimum. Uh, does the fact that Aqib Tlaib comes back from suspension to probably cover him this week, uh, and the fact that Anderson aggravated a hamstring issue on Thursday, and I practiced fully today, so it looks like it's behind him, but, I mean, there still is that concern with the hamstring. Do those two things give you pause on trotting him out there in your starting lineup, even though he's probably been a pretty big, not, not for you specifically, but for people who got to the championship round with Robbie Anderson, that, he was probably a pretty big reason they got there. If you owned him, would you be nervous at all with, those, with the injury and the Tlaib factor? So, uh, Aqib Tlaib, I just want to ask, are you yanking my chain? <laughs> we need a rim shot Sorry. drop that we can play on this. <laughs> You know, I, 
I, I warned my uh, 17-year-old son that I might say that, and he's like, Dad, if you do, I'm not ever listening to you again on anything. So uh, I guess this is my last uh, ever interview. So, uh, But anyway, uh, appreciate you letting me throw that in there. Uh, Robbie Benson's great. He's, he's been great. Um, you know, he's had that six-week run where he's gotten either 100 yards or, or a touchdown. Um, you know, I, I look at that uh, Broncos defense, and they've got Harris, they've got Tlaib, um, but they're starting to look pretty vulnerable. And Anderson has, has kind of looked matchup proof in some ways. I mean, he's, his streak has included, uh, you know, Marcus Peters, Desmond Trufant, Tredavious White. I mean, there's been some pretty good cornerbacks that he's been going up against, and he's still been able to put up those numbers. So I wouldn't be overly concerned about uh, the matchup. I might be a little bit more concerned about the injury that you mentioned, um, you know, those just never bode well for wide receivers. And, and if he's not at hundred percent, then yeah, I think, you know, that might be a, a little bit of room for pause, but, but as far as I'm concerned, if I, you know, unless I had a, a real obvious start ahead of him, I'd still be trotting him out there. Uh, you know, I think he's, he's proven himself to be a top 10 talent and, and uh, you know, even with uh, the, the Jets offense, you know, they'll probably be playing from behind. So, He'll probably continue to get more targets. So, yeah, I'd probably play him. Yeah, I think most people will be too. Dave, do you own Robbie Anderson anywhere this year? I, I don't, actually. Not yeah. that I dislike him or anything. I just didn't quite uh, – was a little slow on the uptake. Yeah, I have him at a couple of spots. He's definitely going for me this weekend. I would imagine so. Yeah. All right, let's talk about a team that's been terrible against the past this year, the Dolphins. And uh, Tom Brady won't have Robbie Gronkowski because he speared that poor fella on the Bills. That was a really terrible Tredavious White, yeah. Yeah, so you have uh, – Brandon Cooks, who he over or underperforms. He never performs properly. He's like yep. popcorn on your stove. The, he either gets overcooked and it's burnt to hell, or you, you don't. There's like a ton of kernels left. You know what he is, Dave? He's the anti Frank Gore. He is. A, he's the anti Frank yeah. Gore. Frank Gore will get between eight and twelve points every week. And and Brandon Cooks will get between zero and eighty, <laughs> but but never between but never between um, ten and twenty. And then you have Danny. Uh, I get hit once and I jog off the field every play. Amendola. And Chris Hogan, who just returned to practice. So who's the big fantasy winner amongst the three players? You know, another great question. I, I did a little bit of a look back to see, you know, what happens when Gronk doesn't play. And if you just look at their last game without Gronk, uh, it, Brady just spreads the ball around so much. He had 300 yards passing uh, that game. And I think Hogan had eight for 74. Amendola had eight for 77. Cooks had, I think, five for 85. Um, James White had seven for 57. So you look at that, and, and I think the answer is they're all going to probably do just fine. I don't know that any of them spikes. Um, you know, he even had – I was looking at Brady's game a couple of weeks ago when he had uh, – when they played the Dolphins that week, and he had four touchdown passes, but he only threw for 227 yards. Uh, he only threw the ball 28 times, I mean, so, but they ran for 200 yards. So I just don't know that anybody really spikes with Gronk being out. I think Brady spreads the ball around like he usually does, um, and I think they probably get the running game going. So I, I just don't know that I, – I, I'm not saying I would bench any of those guys. I'd probably play any of them, but I don't know that any of them is going to emerge as, uh, as a 25- or 30-point fantasy player this week. Yeah, and, and keep in mind that Deion Lewis, Rex Burkhead, um, 
uh, James White will throw him in their factor too. I mean, there's God knows what the Patriots are going to do uh, this weekend, and and I don't know if we can put our our uh, fingers on exactly what it's going to be. Let's get to a couple of uh, emails for you, Tom, uh, that came in this week. Tim in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. I don't know what the hell kind of league he's playing in, um, but it's certainly not FFPC. I'll just read it. Big week for me as I'm trying to get to the playoffs. I already am flexing McCaffrey to go with Bell and Kamara, so I can only start Robbie Anderson or Jarvis Landry. Who do I bench? Good luck in the main event, Tom. That is Tim in Pittsburgh, PA. So he's flexing Christian McCaffrey at home against the Vikings. Okay, I, I mean, I, I get it, but uh, you could probably lump him in here. If, if, you were, if you only had the opportunity to start one of these guys between McCaffrey at home against Minnesota, uh, Robbie Anderson, the, the aforementioned Robbie Anderson, facing the... Uh, uh, now I lost it here. Uh, Robbie Anderson is facing the Broncos on the road, and then Jarvis Landry facing the Pittsburgh Steelers in Miami. Uh, he's got to bench one of those guys. Which guy are you benching, uh, Tom? And thank you for the email, Tim. Um, well, so I think uh, Landry's playing the Patriots, right? Um, Correct. So, so looking, I guess I'd look at a couple of things. One, I would probably play Landry for sure. I think you said it's a PPR league. Um, you know, Landry is, is, has been their number one target um, in terms of receptions, and he's, he's turned into a touchdown guy this year, too. Um, so, so I would definitely play Landry, knowing that they're going to be playing from behind as well against the Patriots. Uh, you know, as much as I'm a huge Vikings fan, and as much as I'd like to say, you know, bench McCaffrey, I think McCaffrey's probably the guy that gets the most action for Carolina and probably could do the most damage to the Vikings. And given Anderson's, uh, you know, uh, injury concern, I would say that of those three, I'd be benching Robbie Anderson. Well, there you go. Uh, Let's get to another email here from uh, Bill in San Francisco, California. Tom, would you play Lamar Miller hosting the Niners? Uh, I'm assuming Bill's a Niners fan. Or the suddenly relevant Kenyon Drake hosting the Pats. So he has to either play Lamar Miller at home against San Francisco or Kenyon Drake at home against New England. If you had to sit one of them, who's it going to be, Tom? Uh, I'd probably lean towards playing Miller. Uh, you know, Miller's been solid. And uh, uh, since Devontae Foreman's injury, I think, you know, it, it puts that much more of a burden on him. Uh, Drake's been good. Uh, I think that they're going to be, uh, again, behind and passing quite a bit. So, Drake may get a little bit of that uh, in the passing game, but I think between those two, I would definitely play Miller. You agree with that, Dave, to play, to play Miller over Kenyon Drake this week? Miller against the Niners, Drake against the Pats? Do you love the Drake or hate the Drake is what I'm asking? I love, I love the Drake. You love the Drake! I, don't okay. like, I never liked Miller. <laughs> All right. Know okay. you, know, you know I don't I know you don't like Miller, but this is a really good matchup for him. That you know, he's out, listen, outside of, of the Niners, the, outside of the Niners inexplicably shutting down Jordan Howard, they've been terrible against the run this year. So what did Lamar Miller have last week? Like four points or whatever? Uh, I don't know. Like I'd have to look awful. it up. I'd have to look it up. I don't. I, I think Drake had twenty and change. He he crushed it last week. He was great. Any hue? Let's right. talk about the Go next ahead. question. I you know I can look up Lamar Miller's stats. Uh, give us a stud that you would actually consider benching this week and a sleeper that might just find his way into your lineups. Well, uh, so I, I'm not sure how you define stud, but if I, uh, if I look at a guy who's a top 15 running back and who I happen to take in the second round, um, I am benching Jordan Howard this week. So I don't know if he's still qualified nice. as a stud. Uh, sure. That works. Yeah, that works. Bench. 
uh, you asked me if I was going to be starting Josh Gordon, and I'm starting Gordon and I'm starting Hilton alongside uh, Landry and Tyreek Hill. So Jordan, Jordan Howard is finding my bench this week. Um, you know, the last couple of weeks, he's gained a total of 44 yards with no touchdowns, uh, three catches. Uh, they're just not, you know, they're not using him as much. Uh, they're not, he's not finding holes. And in this game, uh, you know, as they are in a lot of games, I'm guessing they're going to be playing from behind. The Bengals are actually pretty decent against the rush. Uh, only six teams have given up fewer rushing touchdowns. Uh, and the Bears, you know, their Vegas total, their implied total is only 16 points. So I just don't really see there being a ton of opportunity for Jordan Howard. So he's on my bench. Yeah, makes sense. I I, I think it's, uh, it, it would be hard for me to en- envision a, a scenario where I'd feel really good about Jordan Howard in week 14 this week uh, against uh, against Cincinnati. It just doesn't make a whole lot of sense. Dave, by the way, Lamar Miller last week, four catches, 38 yards, and 56 rushing yards. That's not bad. It's not bad, although he's just – let me just throw a few other quick stats. At All you. right, so yeah, throw them at me. In uh, 13, what, 12 games? Thir- 12 games so far this season, he has uh-huh. never surpassed – 75 rushing yards. Mm-hmm. Never gotten over 22 carries. He's scored a total of three rushing touchdowns. Right. 31 catches for 309 yards, three touchdowns. And, that, you know, I look at that 169 fantasy points, and I look at that, and that sucks, right? Okay. He's RB12. Yeah. It's so disgusting. Yeah. It's, the RB production is so terrible. It is. Zeke, the, Zeke Elliott's, I think, just barely ahead of him. And he's been sitting, he's been not even playing half the time. Did you know who uh, RB15 is this year? Eric Dickerson. I know it shocked me too, but it is the lowest, the lowest bar you've ever had to get over you know, to, to DeMarco, be an RB twelve. You know, we were talking to Janet earlier. We crapped all over Demarco Murray. He's sixteen. <laughs> yeah, that's crazy. He's like, oh, this guy crazy. sucks. Hey Tom, I, I wanna before I let you go, I do want to ask you one more question since you are a seasoned high stakes uh, vet and you've you've been through this song and dance before. For anybody who's maybe not familiar with the championship round that, you know, not and they're worried about making a mistake or, or screwing things up. What's, what's the one thing that, that, or what actually just, what's the one piece of advice you would give them as they're setting these lineups over the next three weeks to make sure that they're getting the, the best bang for their buck uh, for the team that they've put together. Yeah, that's another great question. You know, I, I guess my advice would be just don't overthink it. You know, go with who you think are going to score the most points. You know, I hear guys talking about it all the time, and I guess this, this matters more in head-to-head play, but, you know, guys that are trying to figure out who their opponents are playing and, and based on that, who they ought to be playing. And, and the way I always approach it is I just look at my roster. I try to figure out who I truly believe is going to score the most points. If there's two guys that are close to each other, I'll pick the guy that I think has the most upside. And particularly in this format where, um, you know, you're going to have to uh, outscore, uh, what is it, 250 or, or 300 teams to, to win it all. I mean, so, so you can't have even one bad week. And even really just one or two bad uh, players in a given week can, can uh, at least sink your chances of winning the whole thing. So, you know, go with the guys you think are going to score the most. But uh, if, if you've got a couple of choices, um, you know, go with the guy with the high upside. So I, I mentioned earlier I'm going with T.Y. Hilton and Josh Gordon over guys like, uh, you know, uh, uh, Jordan Howard and Alfred Morris for example, those two guys are on my bench because even though I think they might do okay, um, I don't see them having the upside. So I'm going with the guys, uh, like I said, when it's close, if I've got a decision to make, I'm going with the upside. 
Definitely go with the upside. Now is the time of the year to get sexy, everyone. Pick those, uh, get those sexy guys uh, in your uh, in your lineups right now. The guys with all that tantalizing upside. This is when you can win the money. Amazing. And maybe we'll have the time. Sexy up, upside guys. Yeah. This is a sexy, gay show. All right. This is. Just, 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 I'm trying to get myself <laughs> out of it. Nothing against gay people. Tom Wenzel is going to be one of those guys <laughs> that is going to hopefully uh, cash uh, some pretty big. Uh, um, uh, lineups uh, at the end of the season with the FFPC. Tom, thanks so much for joining us this week. I certainly appreciate it. Uh, good luck to uh, not just your main event team that's right up there in third place, but all of your teams this weekend. And uh, who knows, maybe uh, if the ball bounces your way, we'll be uh, talking to you again after week 16. I'd sure like that. Uh, thank you guys for having me on. It was, it was a lot of fun. I really appreciate it. He's the man. He's Tom Wentzel, ladies oh, and gentlemen. Tom. Yes, Tom. Tom is great. Yes. What were you going to say? I thought you were referring to me. Oh, no, you're definitely not the man. I don't know what you are, but uh, the woman. you're not the woman either. That's why scientists Women are still are trying to figure respected. it out. Um, to be in my category. I was going to bring this up. I, I might turn this into a tweet. Um, <laughs> I'm sure it'll be terrible and get no retweets. We were over. Why would, you, why would you even say something like that? I'm kind of mean tonight. I don't know why, what my, my problem is. I was over at my folks' house tonight because it was my mother's birthday. Uh, I would tell you it was her birthday on Wednesday. We're celebrating tonight. That's nice. Your family visits. Yes. And my kids uh, were along, and um, for whatever reason, I downloaded a song like this summer. Uh, it's, um, you know, The House of the Rising Sun by the Animals. It's an old song from the 60s. There is a house in New Orleans. They call the rising sun. You know okay, that one? sure, sure. So the uh, heavy metal group Five Finger Death Punch covered this song, and I really liked that version, so I downloaded it. Mm-hmm. And I had to pick uh, my son up, who's four, and I had to bring him somewhere, and I had that song in the car. I just ran in. I left the car running. I ran in to get him. And then he's like, oh, what is this? I'm like, oh, actually, um, uh, this is a, a song. And I, I told him, and, and I was like, you know, Daddy actually saw these guys uh, at Rock USA. And uh, Lucas doesn't call it a rock concert. He calls it a rocket concert. Nice. And, um, and so <laughs> song's very funny. every time I – now whenever he rides with me, he's always, he always wants to listen to this song. <laughs> and it has to be played super loud. Of course. It was, it, we listened to it on the way home from my parents tonight. We listened to that song seven times in a row. And he like my wife would turn it down so she could talk to our daughter. And then Lucas, turn it up. <laughs> yeah. um, I get a notification on my phone because I was playing it through my phone. Uh, and then, you know, when you get a notification on your iPhone, the, the, the sound kind of dies off. Right. Um, and then he'd be like, turn it up. Yeah. So and he, he loved it. I, I don't know uh, what, uh, uh, you House know, of the rising sun House, House of the Rising Sun five by, by five punch. finger death punch. Your yeah. son's kind of an alpha. Uh, maybe, uh, two packer in the, I think uh, he's an alpha male. He might be That's pretty good. two packer in the chat room says that, uh, he likes the five finger death punch version of house of the rising sun better than the animals. And he says he tweeted the bass player about that specific song as he boarded a plane in Milwaukee, heading out to Vegas for the FFPC live event. And that bass player liked it and retweeted it. So the small world we live in, Dave, <laughs> nice, a man. very small world. We're going to have a bit of an abbreviated show. If anybody's been paying attention to the clock, yes, we had two guests on, and it's, we're already an hour into it, so I don't want to take up too much more time. Let's uh, do some news and uh, a few emails, and then we'll call it a night. Um, thanks to football guys, Road Pass, Roto World, and Rob for tonight's rundown. Rob Gronkowski did indeed lose the appeal of a suspension. Be out for uh, this week. Martellus Bennett's on I'm injured reserve. I'm not going to play him. Thank you. Bench Rob Dwayne Allen, Jacob Hollister are on nobody's teams, I don't think. Uh, maybe Dwayne Allen in a couple of places. They play on Monday Night Football. Um, you know, if you have Gronk, you, you basically, hopefully, you, David Hubbard, and I, I you know, apologize if I'm making fun of his accent, but 
he, we were talking about this in the high stakes load on a couple weeks ago. And I said that we were, you know, what, what's your championship round of advice, you know, for building your roster or what roster you're taking in these final three weeks. And he's like, well, don't go naked at quarterback. Don't go naked at tight end. Don't go naked at kicker. Naked is what he was saying. Right. And, and for those people who did go naked with Gronk, which, I mean, honestly, that is usually a hell yeah, of a weekend in, want, yeah. uh, in a yacht in the, in, uh, the Bahamas. Yeah, but five, six grand. But exactly. But now you're, you're kind of screwed, and I don't know what you do. This is why you take another tight end. I don't know if there's any fantasy analysis. We kind of talked with Tom about this. I don't think that you can start. I mean, I'm starting Cooks in all my leagues just because of where I picked him, um, but I don't have any kind of am- uh, confidence in Amendola. And Hogan finally coming back from this long um, stay on, on uh, the inactive list, I'm not really feeling great about him. He might not even play Monday night. So are you night. talking about Patriots players to start? Are you talking Patriots. about tight ends to sub in for Gronk? No, not tight ends because you're, you're basically screwed at that point. Well, you know what, Balky? If you're in dynasty leagues and you have Gronk, there's one solution to this. Yeah. Have a good enough rest of your team that you're on a bye week this week. Yeah, all right. That's Here the way we go. to handle it. Go ahead. Don't, no, no, don't, no. Don't have to play this week. I'm not going to talk about my teams that have Gronk. But I'm pretty happy with him. Let me just say I'm not too worried about Gronk not playing. I would actually take a look at Danny Amendola this week if I had to for the Patriots. Jordan I, Renan, I mean, obviously you're going to play Cooks. Jordan Renan from ESPN reports that Eli Manning is expected to start against the Cowboys. Ben McAdoo and Jerry Reese are out in New York, so they will go back to Eli Manning just trying to get the season over. Now, Eli Manning may not, <laughs> That's just kind of funny. Be, yeah, may not be in a Giants uniform next year. We actually talked about this on the uh, – Appleton Trophy Fantasy oh. Football Show that you can yeah, hear on the thescorewi.com at uh, 5 o'clock every Thursday night, AM 1570, 95.3 FM. I really appreciate you telling us the time. Eli Manning, um, next year maybe what's in... The, what's the website, though? Maybe in Jacksonville. Where's the website? Thescorewi.com. That's pretty good. Um, Eli Manning, maybe in Jacksonville next year? Why? We also talked about... Why Bortles, not? Bortles isn't even worse than Manning. Well, I, I Is think... Is Bortles' contract up? Yes. Completely. Because, like no renew- yeah, they because they, like they declined his option, so there is no fifth-year option for him. So he is a free agent. They can move on. I, they made, I mean, <laughs> who wants these retreads? Why, why would someone want Manning? We also talked about uh, Brett Hundley playing in Cleveland this week. Cleveland needs a quarterback. I think Hundley would go there if they would why? trade for Hundley. No. I suppose now that they they've, so many they've, picks. they fired Sashi Brown, so now you have John Dorsey yes. in there too. Of course, you saw, you fire Sashi Brown because he has you know two first round picks and two and three seconds. Three seconds. Yeah. I mean, it's just ridiculous. Yeah. This guy. The whole point was to tear the team down. Yeah. And they give him two years to do it. And, and now they're going to have the, the old retreads come in and I mean, muck it up. Yeah, it's like the it's like the worst. It is the worst. Uh, Amari Cooper, present at the start of Friday practice. This is kind of big. This is according to Michael Gelkin on Twitter. It's the first time Cooper's been on the practice field since he had the concussion and high ankle sprain in week 12 against Denver. Cooper has, in fact, cleared the concussion protocol, so it is this ankle that is bothering him. It could be a high ankle sprain. He did get listed as questionable. Dave, I don't have any kind of confidence in playing Amari Cooper this week. I am desperate for receivers in a league uh, that I own Amari Cooper in. Not playing him. What the, hell, what the hell does present mean at the start of the practice? Because Do you practice or not practice? Right. Well, remember, reporters, the media cannot see the entire practice all the time. Sometimes there's right, pro- right, portions closed off to the media. So, I mean, you know, I think if, if Cooper's active, I'm, I'm going to play him unless I have really, really strong options. Boy, I don't know, man. I mean, I, you know, regardless of the fact that I pawned him off on Ron Meyer and just made a fantastic trade in Dynasty to get rid of Amari Cooper, I mean, I'm so happy about it. Let me just tell you, I think Cooper's still a pretty talented player. I think I'd play him if I had the opportunity. Quick, would you rather Amari Cooper or D.D. Westbrook this week if Cooper's active? 
Cooper for sure over Westbrook. Who was who was heavily limping yesterday, by the way. Who? Cooper. Cooper. You know, Antonio Brown was limping in, in pregame. Antonio Brown's not human, so don't bring him up in, in the Cooper same breath as Amari like a, Cooper. Cooper a pedigreed top seven overall pick that you were from just, Alabama. That you were just bragging about pawning him off in a dynasty. Well, you know, regardless. It's, it's <laughs> amazing the corners of both sides of your mouth just That's flapping all Dalvin over the place. Cook, which is a phenomenal player from the wonderful University of Florida State where everyone graduates with highest honors. Summa cum laude, in fact. <laughs> Rick Stroud of the Tampa Bay Times reported that Doug Martin, who was out with a concussion, is expected to start week 14 against the Lions. Uh, Dirk Ketter reportedly does not believe in players losing their role as a result of an injury. By the way, can I interrupt you? Uh, go, go ahead, because I think you're going to make the same joke as me. Was it about Chad Schrader's tweet? No, it was not. Chad Schrader, one of the best fantasy players right. in the country. <laughs> does it also mean players don't lose their job when they suck? Yeah, that was, that was my joke that I was going to make. <laughs> That was, but the Chad said it on Twitter. So. Chad Schroeder, by the way, I don't know if you heard the uh, Roto Underworld podcast with uh, Matt Kelly. He had Chad Schroeder on. Uh, oh, did he? Yeah, he had oh, him on a, a week or two ago. It was, it was fantastic. Really, yeah. really good stuff uh, from those two guys. Um, Peyton Barber coming off a 143-yard game against the Green Bay Packers, who say what you will about their defense, but their rush defense has actually been really good this year, probably because you can just pass on them all day. Um, but uh, you look at uh, what Barber did, the fact that Martin's coming back, I think this is a uh, – we cannot assume rational coaching here, and I cannot play Martin or Barber this week. Uh, I agree with you, actually. I don't have any confidence in Martin to get a good game in there. And, uh, unfortunately, the coach uh, abandoned Barber. Joe Mixon is out this week, uh, week 14 against the Bears. Giovanni Bernard is getting the start, Dave. I don't know how many teams carried Bernard, um, but uh, he's going to get the start against the Bears. And he's not a bad start this week, in my opinion, with – the, the, the running back depth in Cincinnati is as bare as some teams went in to the championship round, a quarterback, tight end, and kicker. It went from totally chic to totally geek. It, yeah. So, but the fact is, Bernard playing against the Bears, not, it's not a terrible matchup. It's not a great one. But he's going to get all the volume. It's totally fine. Bernard's well recovered from the injury. You know, frankly, I never understood why Mixon was drafted in the first place. I thought Bernard would have been a capable PPR quality type right. guy. I know they don't like Jeremy Hill. I think Bernard's a good, good player. I mean, you're going to get, you're gonna get pat, you're gonna get catches. I mean, I, th- I think he's great. He'd be a really, I'd, he could have a really big week, like a 20-point week. Yeah, definitely. I have uh, my own conspiracy theory on why the Bengals selected Joe Mixon. Uh, they're also people who have uh, personal issues. Or? Yeah, I think the Bengals saw that he had character issues, and they made him. Uh, they they, moved, they him. moved him up their board. <laughs> and uh, decided that they were going to go ahead and grab him. I actually buy that. (laughs) I, uh, in Kentucky Auction this week, have uh, an interesting decision. I I had been playing Joe Mixon as my flex, and I don't think I'm going to be able to do that this week since he is out. Right. So the question comes down to either, I'll ask you this. I'm not going to tell you who I have in there. All right. It's either going to be Duke Johnson at home against the Packers or Sammy Watkins at home against the Eagles. Oh man, Sammy Watts so inconsistent. Johnson had a bad week last week. Uh, if you, if I felt the team was pretty strong, I'd probably throw Duke Johnson in there. If I was really, if I really wanted the possibility of a big week, I'd throw Watkins in. But Watkins so rarely has a big week. I'd, I'd probably look for Duke Johnson myself. Coming into this week, we had an 83 point lead over second place in the in the sprint. Then Johnson for sure, 100. percent We did have Kamara in this league. Well, it's, uh, you know, so you lost like you know. Expected 20 points or so. Okay. So you're still Johnson? I'm still Johnson. So you're starting Duke Johnson over a guy who has scored four touchdowns in the last five games. I, I guess I am. All right. I'll have to rethink that. Well, though. I mean, I'm, you know, 
No, I I had I, I you know how much I don't like Sammy Watkins and I didn't even have to think very hard about it. Why well, didn't I? <laughs> I didn't check any. Did you check any of the rankings, the sites, whatever? No, not really. I I, I guess I can. I, mean, I probably I can, should. I, can, I, can, I usually save the the checking of the rankings till later in the week. I mean, but. I can do it while we're on the show for God's sake. Go ahead and I'll answer this email. Right. Walton Damascus, Maryland. I'm not sure this is good, but I have to pair Le'Veon Bell with either Dion Lewis or Rex Burkhead. Which do you guys prefer to start? Thanks. That's Walton, Damascus, Maryland. doesn't matter who they're playing uh, because they're on the same team. It is the Dolphins uh, on the road. For me, Dave, I'm, I would actually lean towards uh, Rex Burkhead over Deion Lewis here. Deion Lewis missed practice today because of an illness. I mean, he'll probably still be fine. Uh, they play Monday night, and uh, you'll have the opportunity to wait until Monday night to make this decision. I'm playing Burkhead. He's, he's white hot right now. What is that supposed to mean? That oh, I didn't think about that. <laughs> he's a white running back, Balky. You know, we get with it. We said that I, I'll I'll play Burkhead. You know what? And it's not because he's white, unlike you. Well, we, I'm not racist. Yeah. I like white people, yeah. black people. They're all the same. It's get all it all good. out. But I, I'll still start Burkhead just because he's playing a little bit better. Right. Not because of his race. Well, I was you know just stream of consciousness on the on the lowdown this week. We were talking with Tim Deno, and I was talking to him about this Patriots running back situation. You know, Deno lives in the backyard of Patriots Nation uh, out oh, in Massachusetts. Right. He's a, yeah, he's a Bostonian. Yeah, and so we were talking to him about it, and he said we looked at it from more of a championship round perspective. And he said, you know, uh, it's going to get colder there. Rex Burkhead is the type of guy that you want. That's a good you point. Know. And I said, I said, yeah, and just. I want the guy playing in cold weather and snow. Just the name Rex Burkhead sounds like a great cold weather. And I said, what, name dog. what's more snowy and wintry? <laughs> what, what's a more snowy and wintry name than Rex Burkhead? And I was like, well, maybe James White, uh, who's also on that roster, White yeah. Snow. But, yeah, we both agreed uh, on Burkhead there. James White, who is, uh, is black. Who is black. <laughs> He's uh, black like Barry White is. Um, okay, so Duke Johnson. <laughs> Sorry. Football guys. Yeah. I'm not trying to give away too much confidential yeah. data. That's fine. We can give a little bit. But they, uh, they have Duke Johnson with uh, 0.2 more points for him over Watkins, 11 to 10.8. Oh, so it's very close there. Okay. Draft Sharks actually goes the other direction and gives Sammy Watt 10.4 and Johnson 9.1. You've always so, loved Sammy Watkins, though. So they're, they're, they're a little bit higher. But it's, it's pretty equivalent. But, yeah. I mean, if you have a lead, I think you just take those 10 points easy. Okay. Sammy Watt could get a 2 for 20. I'll say this, too. Green Bay. Duke could score. Green Bay has given up the sixth most fantasy points to running backs this season. Right, yeah, exactly. So, okay. Uh, Chuck in Cambridge, Massachusetts. Hey, it's the Massachusetts Cambridge, show. Man. Cambridge? I thought that was in England. Well, they pronounce it the same. Oh, I didn't. Th- I, I thought it was different. I thought it was Cambridge and in, in, Cambridge. Yeah, Cambridge, Massachusetts, Maybe and Cambridge. Cambridge. I thought it was. Let me check. Could I, be wrong. I never. I didn't go to Harvard. Hey, Bryce, you know everything. What? Uh, <laughs> how do they pronounce it? Bryce claims he got a 35 on his ACT, Bryce. What He's shrugging his shoulders. You don't even know that. With my waiver wire. By the way, Bryce does own 2.4 Bitcoin, by the way. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's not it's worth a lot of money. Let's not get down that rabbit hole this late <laughs> in the show. With my waiver wire closing for the season soon, I have to figure out which guy to drop for a second kicker. I've narrowed it down to James Conner, Corey Davis, or Josh Gordon. Which one should I let go, or should I roll the dice with one kicker? That is Chuck in Cam slash Cambridge, Massachusetts. Thanks for the email, Chuck. You are not cutting Josh Gordon. No, of course not. Now, James Conner is interesting because if Bell goes down, Conner could be interesting. I would be willing to cut Conner for a second kick. You would keep Corey Davis. Yeah. Richard well, Matthews coming back is this he week. The, is he the sixth wide receiver? What, what was he at? What, or what, what was he at for wide out? He, he doesn't say. I would cut Corey. You know, I don't know. You're keeping Conner over Davis. If I don't need if I have no need for him, yeah. 
Connor know, could be money, though. That's the thing. One Bell knee injury, and all of a sudden Connor's into 25 touches a I game. Know. And Bell hasn't gotten hurt, but he does get hurt. What's Corey Davis' ceiling, honestly? Well, in two years, it's a lot. But right now, right now not, not so much. Not so much. I'm cutting Davis for, for a second kicker. Final email. Hey, Dave and Balky, can you guys shed any light on what's going on with Kareem Hunt? I can't put my finger on it, but is this guy simply wearing down, or was he never as good as what he was in the first month of the season to begin with? Go Buckeyes. That's Joe in Columbus, Ohio. Thank you for the email, Joe. Good luck to your Buckeyes facing USC uh, in whatever bowl game that is. So, okay, Kareem Hunt, Dave. What in the hell is going on? This guy looked like a world beater the first five, six weeks of the season. He's been a shell of his, of, his self, of his former self since then. And think about all these teams that got off the hot starts, won their leagues, or maybe won their playoffs in the FPC in the main event, and they have to make a decision in the championship round for all the marbles. Do you play Kareem Hunt this week? I am on Team Hunt, for whatever it's worth. <laughs> I mean, if I have better options, I, I would consider someone else. I mean, we'll, I, I guess it, it really depends on who you have. I mean, what is he getting, like 10 points, 13 points? Hasn't been great. Are you bringing it up right now? I'm, I'm not going to look. Yeah, okay. he's gotten uh, – he has not scored more than 10.7 points. I know that's a weird, arbitrary number. Right. Since week eight. Week eight, 9.8, 10.10 by week, 10.7, 3.6, and 9.3. I'm looking elsewhere if I, if I can. I mean, I, I think it's okay. Kareem Hunt or Carlos Hyde? Who's Hyde playing again? They're playing at uh, Houston. Hyde, Hyde, Hyde. Why can't I find? Oh, Hyde for sure. Uh, Kareem Hunt or Rex? No, Hyde's only. You know, oh, go ahead. Kareem Hunt or Rex Burkhead? I would actually start Burkhead. As wow. Player. Okay. Kareem Hunt or Jamal Williams? Against Cleveland, I would yep. start Jamal Williams. Kareem Hunt or Dion Lewis at the Dolphins? I would start Hunt. Okay. So now we're finding it here. Uh, Kareem Hunter, your favorite whipping boy, Marshawn Lynch and Arrowhead. I don't trust Lynch at all. He's going to go off and have a Snickers or whatever candy bar. He's like, Skittles. It's Skittles. Same thing. Not really. Um, I'm going to go with Hunt there. I don't like Lynch. Kareem Hunt or Samaje Pirine at the Chargers. No, no Pirine. Pirine's not talented enough. I know what your answer is with McCaffrey. So, okay. Yeah, I mean, you're probably not going to have better options, McCaffrey, honestly. McCaffrey, I feel pretty comfortable about him scoring. Yeah. You know, it's funny because but I, look, my, at, I my, look at football guys' projections. They're projecting him for 15.9 PPR points. Even though he like, hasn't hit that in Yeah, he's going to hit out, you know, outside of a couple standard deviations of his last five games. Right, Good luck yeah. with that. Um, my point is, if, if, you're not, if you're not playing Pirine over him, if you're not playing Lynch over him, um, you're not playing Deion Lewis over him, I don't know if you have better options. I'm playing Alex Collins over him. I'd play Collins. Okay, well, I mean, that's... That's another guy in that same ballpark. Yeah, yeah, but I, I guess... I, I don't know how many people are going to have that luxury. So I would, I would be more often than not trotting him out. You know how many shares of Cream Hunt I had this year, Dave? Uh, about as many as you have a Bitcoin? Rhymes with bureau. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, I was totally pissed at myself, and, and now I'm quite happy. By the way, if you bought $1,000 worth of Bitcoin in 2010 when it was $0.06 a piece, it would now be worth $267 million. This is why I did not want to get into this rabbit hole this late in the show. It's never-ending. Okay, no, more, no more comments on it. And no more show. Thanks to Janet Thomas Dodds, Tom, Wentz, uh, Tom Wenzel, Dave Gerzak, the FFPC, Rob Bryce, and, of course, each and every one of you. Uh, David Hubbard on Thursday's High Stakes Lowdown, along with at FantasyQB on Twitter, Dominic Lafieri, uh, author of Fantasy Football Intelligence. It's going to be great to talk to him. Remember to register for the playoff challenge at myffpc.com. That's myffpc.com. Good luck 
in the championship round. Hopefully you didn't get Kamara on Thursday and you have uh, the full lineup trotting out there on, uh, on Sunday. Your weekend officially starts now. This has been another episode of the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour presented by MyFFPC.com that was broadcast live and heard around the world. Eric and Dave will be back next week with more analysis, interviews, and advice from a guest much smarter than they are. Thanks for listening, and we'll talk with you again next week. Big dog stay on the court, blow the whistle. Blow the whistle. Blow the whistle. Blow the whistle. Where you get that from? I'll tell you this, Dave. If we end up doing the grandmother segment with Jan Thomas Dodds, <laughs> we I'm not approaching her and her agent with a segment called the grandmother segment. <laughs> We need, to, we, we need to come up with something. I'll put it out to the listeners. We need all to right. figure it out. I thought that was all right. It's all right. It's not good enough to get the second place FPC team consistently on the show. All right. Ask, ask Mama. It's on you, listeners. Ask Mama's <laughs> actually not bad.